Welcome to another episode of Soul Searcher with Natalie Brown. This is your journey to spiritual enlightenment and soul alignment and I'm so excited to share more of my wisdom, more of my love and to lead and serve with love and to be able to help you create the life that you absolutely love. Welcome beautiful souls. I am joined here by the amazing Li Ying Lim today. Thank you so much for being my guest on my podcast today. She helps feminine creative leaders to turn up their light and activate their dreams and live on purpose in their authentic power so that you can become fully aligned with your unstoppable vision, abundance, and freedom. And I love this bit. She holds tea ceremonies across the world, online and in person. And her alchemical healing work has served many women in a lush transformative space that gives voice to tea leaves that are steeped in what is known in the Taoist Chinese medicine, Didao, the way of the land. From yeah. trees of hundreds and thousands of years old, how amazing is that? Hailing from their own ancestral and spiritual land. So welcome. I'm excited to have you on this talk today and I look forward to seeing where we go today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, my love. Thank you. You're welcome. So please do share a little bit about these tea ceremonies. I'm so excited to hear more about that. And how did it all start for you? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, um, I would say tea spirit came to me. Um, I've always grew, uh, grown up as somebody who loved tea. And when I say that, I really mean somebody who drank tea that are incredibly flavored, you know, from raspberry to vanilla and chocolate, like it was just that kind of tea. And, you know, um, we can, uh, this is something that always ties back to my stories. It's that it almost was like a physical manifestation of how much of my own blood and my own skin color and my own um, ancestral lineage that I rejected because I literally didn't want to drink any of these things that were known as Chinese tea. And these are the tea that I work with today. And so how I actually came into service um, in this beautiful way uh, was when I was going through my awakening. And I, I put it that way because it truly was an awakening in every sense of the word. Um, I have struggled at that point uh, with anorexia for almost 10 years. And it was a solid decision at that 10th year that I finally said to myself, you know, I can't live in this quasi recovery state where I'm still so fearful of, you know, establishing relationships with others or even with food. And so I stuck it, stuck with it, put two feet in, got well. And when I started to get back in touch with my body, I started to feel Kundalini energy rising through me and I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what, what was going on. I had no idea about the spiritual world, all of these things that I rejected for the longest time. And, you know, it was a sense of rejection of myself because I felt many things when I was growing up as a child, but I totally turned it off. And so it was truly an awakening. It was like coming back to like baby steps of learning to come back to the sense of self in me. Um, and tea spirit actually showed up at a point in time when um, I felt really disillusioned with the work I was doing at that point. Um, I was actually um, 
a digital media editor at a really prominent uh, news agency. And I was just like, I don't want to work in this anymore. It doesn't feel right to be propagating, you know, fear-based news all the time, you know. Um, and Tea Spirit showed up, you know, in the form of an invitation. Someone sent me an invitation to go to a tea ceremony. It was in the same building where my office was, actually, ironically. Had to go a few <laughs> more down and went there, took the bowl up. I actually have some bowls with me today. Just really literally lifted it up and I heard this beautiful voice say to me, um, I still remember it so distinctly. Every time I talk about this, I have goosebumps. It's um, you have to serve, you have to drop everything you know and go out and serve. And that was it. That was that was it. <laughs> How beautiful. I've got goosebumps as well. <laughs> And we do receive those little nudges, don't we? Mm -hmm. Where it that helps us to step onto our path of um, deep realization, deep connection with ourself, calling us back to our deep self and remembering what it is that we came here to do. Yes. Yeah, it's so beautiful. You mentioned something about generational um, pain and also, you know, kind of pushing your your, your own generational um amazingness gifts and and beauty and and from your own family pushing that to the side and i feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people are doing that because of pain mm -hmm. and because their own experiences right so what kind of experiences did you then have that helped you or not helped you that stopped you from really stepping into and then you had this pivotal moment that really awakened you which was the tea spirit that spoke to you mm. but talk to us about some of those experiences that you had been through before your awakening happened and you said you know you've been you really had these experiences when you were younger what yeah. kind of experiences did you have oh my goodness um i love that i love that question thank you it really allows me to trace the journey back so beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, growing up, I, you know, I came from a family that was literally like a, you know, I would say rags to riches kind of history. So my mom and dad always had this, you know, they came from nothing. Like literally, the stories they tell us all the time is it's it's true in that every sense because I was in that space when I was born. I was. A, pretty much the eldest in the family and also in the extended family itself. So I was born into where they lived in destitution, right? And mm -hmm. from there, my mom and dad worked really hard and they brought the family into a good space. We're not immensely rich, but we're in a good space. They can afford my education. They can put me through what could be the best option. You know, we get to choose, we finally get mm -hmm. to choose. Um, however, that generational wound of um, pretty much, I would say, a second generation Chinese living in Malaysia, you know, they've seen their parents, which is the first generation, come, you know, they, take, they, they took that passage to come from China to run, all, run away from the Chinese revolution to start a life somewhere else they completely never heard of before that even. And it was a real struggle for them. And they still carry that, that, that resonance in them. And so growing up, um, it's always been indoctrinated in us, you know, me and my sisters that, you know, don't, don't speak up, you know, 
um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, you have to work really, really hard. And if they say that you did a good job, work even harder, give even more, you know, that sort of thing. And growing up, I remember, you know, when I was first really, really, really young, I couldn't stop singing, couldn't stop just chattering, like speaking. And, you know, until a point, it was, that was really me. That was really, really, really me. You know, I didn't care, but I had no idea what people cared about or what they thought of me. Until a point, I, I think in my own mind, that I can remember probably 11 or 12 year old me, um, where I started to hear things in, in the midst of my, you know, classmates that, you know, oh, there, there's this whole thing about like, oh, look at her, you know, she's, she's got this or she doesn't have that. And, and I started to become really, you know, like really insecure. And I think it comes with a lot of sensitives, right? Because we can feel that energy, even if you don't don't hear them say it out loud, you sense it. And and that was when I started to dim my light. And and I grew up in a way where my physicality has always been under scrutiny. Not like a celebrity, but you know, it's more like, okay, she cannot have, you know, dark skin tone because in the Chinese culture beauty is equated to fair skin tone. So and then I had like buck tooth coming out when I was growing, my puberty and all that. And so there was all these efforts to to amend me, to to change my container. And I grew up thinking, well, that's how it should be. And how I can get people's approval is to change my container, to change the way I look, to accord in accordance to what they think I should do. And then that started to, to change. And then the way I voice my thoughts too, you know, oh, an elegant woman doesn't speak, <laughs> you know, things like that. And slowly and slowly, I, I became really, really small. And I literally physically really did, you know, I went down to almost 30 kilograms. That was the worst time of my life when I had to go and see a doctor and be hooked up to IV drips and get my health back on ground and I was at a point at a time too feeling really bitter. I hated my life. I blamed my parents for bringing me into this world and, and the way they raised me everything. You know, I was victimizing myself in a big way. And so, yeah, it was, it was a wild time. You know, looking back, it seems like I'm a very different person to who I am right now because T-Spirit has literally opened up the ancestral doorways for me to rediscover who I am, to love who I am, and to actually communicate and commune with my ancestors in a really profound way, you know? Yesterday, something happened. I just want to share this. It's really incredible um, because I'm back here and my grandparents are buried here and there's a crematorium that we go to. Yesterday, I, 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 I was really guided to just go and visit them uh, where they are buried and when I was driving there this huge rain just suddenly fell it was like blowing wind and rain and my mom was with me in the car and she was like oh my goodness what did you do wrong it's like that mentality it's like immediately it's like what did you do wrong but you know just having done this for a while like coming back to this authenticity of us our mysticism and our magic when I was driving I, I sensed that it wasn't what I, I did wrong it was almost like a like a washing away, a release, you know, of the world of dust, as we call it in Chinese. 
and I parked my car, got in, me and my mom, we managed to actually hold arms. And that's really rare in my family. We hardly ever hug ourselves or even them each other, but we held arms, you know? And when we got there and we prayed, literally the sky opened up, standing from my grandfather's face and just the sky opened up and stopped raining. And that is oh. what I'm talking about here. It's like, it's not, yeah, I, I literally cried when I was standing. It was just that sense of feeling it all in your body and not mm. holding yourself back from acknowledging that the spirit, you know, they're real, they're really real. Yeah, so beautiful. What a journey you've been on, my darling. Um, wow. I also feel that our talking about spirit, that, you know, they come to heal that which they have done or which they you know, in this lifetime, um, might have wronged us on. And so I've connected with quite a few beautiful beings that I've crossed over. And all they want to do is just tell us how much they love us. And that, you know, life was hard for them when they were here or difficult or um, there was a numbing you know, they experience numbing of themselves. But when they're on the other side, none of that matters anymore. None of it matters. And so they do come to heal us through their messages, through their spirit messages. And, you know, with the heavens opening up and that beautiful, it's almost like they're welcoming you back into Malaysia. They're like, we're here, we see you, we celebrate you, you're getting married, we, you know, we're going to be there with you. So that definitely the scenes that I'm getting um, a celebration of life rather than holding on to all of those things that is um, sorry something is going crazy here one moment <laughs> my technology is losing it um, <laughs> uh, maybe it's the spirits talking yes so um, <laughs> and my husband's just walked into the room and I'm on live. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got my husband banging around as well, so I'll be doing this as well. <laughs> He's like doing this dance for me. <laughs> oh, anyway, so yeah, I definitely I feel that it is such a beautiful way. Um, there are so many different ways that spirit communicates with us and that they connect with us and help us understand that actually, you know what? It's what we make of life right now. Yes. It's what we choose right now. You've gone through so many different experiences and some of them were really, really hard. And you had to go through those experiences because that was your moment of growth, you know, going mm -hmm. um, and finding yourself, discovering yourself again and going, well, who am I mm -hmm. as, as this beautiful soul? Who am I and what am I here to do? Yes. And peeling away all of those different layers of hurt that you've experienced about what people say you should be and you shouldn't be and you should dress this way, you should, you know, like have the pure white skin and that that is associated with beauty and all of that different stuff. So mm -hmm. it's very interesting how our culture and how our ancestors, because of their own stories and their own beliefs, right, can indoctrinate, almost indoctrinate 
you know, future generations. And this is what we are here to do, right? We're here to break the seal, completely shatter the matrix and say, this is not what it's all about anymore. We can now heal. We can shift forward. We can move forward from all of that pain by seeing it, feeling it, experiencing it in the moment and saying, who do I want to be now? Where do I want to move from now? What do you have to say about that, Lillian? Oh, my goodness, so much. Um, firstly, you know, it's one of the things that I see a lot in my clients, you know, coming to me with the shame of their ancestors, right? You know, what what they did or what they've been done to. And um, right now in the point where I stand, I see my ancestral wisdom. I see the wisdom that we can we can really harvest for the present moment. And it's interesting, and I also want to hear your thoughts on this because I feel that, and it's interesting because I'm now watching, um, uh, I don't know if you've read the book Pachinko, it's about the Koreans migrating to Japan and then being treated badly and how you know the Japanese have this second tier class kind of thing. And it's so similar to how I grew up in Malaysia because we are seen as second class citizens. We are not, the, you know, the main citizens who are given the privilege of being the people who started to live here. And, it, you know, we have to trace it even further. In fact, they are not actually the people who are indigenous to this land. They are more indigenous people. So how can we honor this really painful history while also forgiving and um, harvesting the wisdom that these ancestors carried. And exactly what you said that gave me chills is that they knew what they knew, right? And they did the best they could. And they had their own struggles. They had their own little boxes that people put them into as well. Um, yeah. And so for me, um, I did a healing that was so powerful um, with tea where I finally saw it after a year. Uh, of doing this work it took time definitely i'll have to be very honest but i literally saw myself waving them away like wave, waving them off as my ancestors sailed off in these beautiful ships and they just went these ships that just sailed off and they said to me thank you for setting us free and i was like oh and exactly what you said natalie is like we set them free when we healed that wound you know and it's so incredibly powerful and it made me realize that everything and it's it's not even fiction it's, it's stranger than fiction but i started to unearth all these earthenware and teaware that my grandmother like literally hid away like she died probably um 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, and we never found them until the point where I started to serve in tea, in this way of tea. Everything came up, everything. And my mother just said to me, you know, she's not really somebody you would see as spiritual, but I know she feels it. Because she would tell me that, I uh, think you, she wants you to have this and she will give them to me. And I, I just continue to be blown away by the work that we do when we actually focus our energy on where is the wisdom in this, right? Where is the ancestral wisdom? And how can yeah. we balance that now? Instead of yeah. you know, 
really focusing on the pain of that because that is where mm. your energy will go right so yeah that's that's really yeah cool. the ancestral wisdom is such a big piece here it's so big because i feel ancestral wisdom teaches us to slow down mm -hmm. it teaches us to um, that honor and respect. I work with the dragons quite a lot. I channel the dragons and their wisdom is just so, it's like there is no rush, right? Everything happens in its own time. When they speak, you know, some of them, when you in their presence, it feels like you want to bow because there is such deep respect coming from them and such honor. It's like being around a knight's table. And I feel that when we connect with that ancestral wisdom, there is so much that we can learn from that, from slowing down. And I spoke about this in Spirit Talks today. You know, one of my um, panel speakers talked about slowing down. Mm -hmm. And that's when we can hear our soul speak. That's when we can deeply listen to what is and receive what is ready to come through us so that we can co-create our life in alignment and with so much beauty and integrity and honesty and honor. And I think that's what our ancestors tried to keep alive. And I feel that's what we have to keep alive as well, is the ancient ways of respect and connection. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that definitely in the Chinese culture and in the, um, the Asian culture, there is a deep mysticism and there is a deep um, honoring of ancestors in the old ways. Mm -hmm. And that should be kept alive in its way where the old stuff, the paradigms, the, the control, the, the, the patterning is re released mm -hmm. and the wisdom is kept, you know, yeah. with that so that we can then take that wisdom translate it use it in our own way and then mm -hmm. share that out with the world and i feel this is what's coming back now because certainly i'm here to teach ancient ways and merge it with modern times and it's about i'm a very old soul and i'm sure you are as well them. <laughs> so yeah yes. i'm i'm definitely an old soul and when i connect with the dragons and the ancient beings i feel so at home and it feels like magic and and um yeah there is so much that we can learn as human beings i feel like we we want to speed up we want to do things at speed you know and we miss our opportunities for truly living life in a more connected and deeply integrated way i suppose mm. exactly. absolutely and also what you said i love um, just, I, I absolutely agree with that. You know, we, for me, what I, I truly have experienced just coming into when you said you channel the dark dragons, it's like, oh my goodness, that's amazing because mm -hmm. that is this the spirit that 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 ancient way of a spirit animal who's probably been kind of um, misunderstood as well in the linear dimension, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same with everything, you know, the, the ancient ways, the ancestral ways, like I, I, I see it as 
you know, ceremony, for example, let's put it that way. People tend to actually, I would say this too, you know, especially the Chinese who grew up in a Western, Westernized education like me, when we see ceremony, you know, if you're not into, you had no idea, you just think, oh, ceremony, I need to follow a, 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 like some kind of ritual and just do it. Then they don't know why they're doing it. They mm-hmm. just listen to, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need. And just do it because otherwise the, the ghosts and the spirits will come and chase after you. That's it, right? <laughs> but that's I not what that. it is, right? Uh, yeah. When you actually enliven the ceremony with your own spirit, that's when you know that actually at the end, you know, th- there is this huge source energy that you can co-create life with. You don't have to do this alone. And that is where the power of who you really are as a cosmic being, as an internal, eternal presence comes in and you see that being reflected in your present life. And one of the things that my master always used to say is that it isn't a tradition if there are no body keeping it alive. And that's why we have to understand that, you know, exactly what you say, like how can we bring the ancient ways into the modern times? How can we not um how can we consecrate it in a way that honors who we really are which is Mm -hmm. really this vast universe right we're so much more than this physical body so much more than the pain and the struggle of our ancestors when they were in a human form it Mm -hmm. is so important so important i love that you brought it up really 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 important yeah Um, that stillness oh my goodness yes This is exactly what the tea ceremony will bring to you, you know, because mm-hmm. we're now seated in your own, uh, what I call vortex of stillness. Mm-hmm. And these are, you know, ceremony and rituals, they are infused with the knowledge and the spirit of many, many masters who came before us. It's mm-hmm. no mean feat to be in a space like that. You know, I'm not even the only person holding this space up. It's all the spirits around me. It's all the spirits before me and after me, you know, yeah. it's that immense. And so when you come in, you know, your conscious mind is not the only thing present anymore. It's your heightened state of consciousness. It's your subconscious, it's everything. It's the cosmic super conscious. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to access that space because you're slowing down, because you're still in your mind, your over-functioning yeah. mind, right? And the biggest thing I would wrap up here before I'm speaking so much, right, is that, yes, you will come into a sense of enlightenment, right? But the real question here is, how are you going to embody that spirit that you just felt in the ceremony? When you step out of the ceremony, Mm -hmm. how are you going to let that infuse your life, right? So that's why I always say, you know, it's great that you can take a plane all the way to Egypt. It's great that you can take a plane all the way to Peru and do your ayahuasca and everything. Amazing, nothing against that. But what if you had this daily practice that begins to really infuse your life with ceremony? Because we are all creatures of habit, right? We, we have to remember, we have to remember, remember, remember. And the ceremony yeah. allows you to do that. Yeah, ceremony is super important as a tool for us to access our wisdom, to quiet the mind, to access Mm -hmm. our wisdom, and to go within and to, you know, 
be anchors of the light and channels for the divine information that is within us so that we can access that and live our life from that space of knowing because knowledge is power right knowledge is power so i want to talk about the embodiment the embodiment of this because you beautifully mentioned embodiment and i feel like this is where a lot of people kind of fall off the wagon a little mm -hmm. bit as such mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> because yes. they're like oh yeah I'm chasing the spiritual high yes I'm meditating I'm doing my dancing you know <laughs> I am doing whatever I'm doing and I'm like yes I've, I've completed 50 certificates okay but do you really embody all of that yes. work and I feel once you've found something that you truly that truly resonates with you that truly anchors you in right it's like you bring all of that information into one and you become part of one part of all and it's this beautiful way of feeling then what you're experiencing right yes feeling and anchoring it in so that it can truly make the changes that you want to make in your life that's right so let's talk about some of those ceremonies you know there's you already touched on one, ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. There's many different tools, cacao, um, you know, fire ceremonies. There is so many tea ceremonies, so many different types of ceremonies that you can do. But if you don't actually let that feeling become part of you and let it transform and alchemize you yes. at a deeper level, then you're going to continue searching and seeking as a soul for that next thing and yeah. that next thing mm, yeah and you would think that oh because just because i'm in the spiritual world now i am living as a spiritual being and yet actually you're still working in that functioning actually in that linear way of being that conditioning that still runs us so as um as an energy alchemist that is exactly where um my work comes in because I truly believe in alchemy in the sense that we have to go deep into those parts of us that we haven't embraced, that we haven't really looked at, that we kind of shoved away and, and buried deep inside and just say, you know, what, I'll look at it later. Or like, I don't have to look at it. Let's soldier on and keep smiling and keep calm and carry on, right? Um, I truly believe that we have to go in and really open those trap doors in order to allow those subconscious wounds and memories to be released. And how I do that is that I actually tap into the energy circuit of the body. And basically, this is so interesting. I actually spoke about it this morning in my own group as well. Basically what you want to know and do right now, if you're in a space where you feel like, yes, I have 50 certificates, but I don't know, I maybe I need more healing and um, yeah. maybe I should get that, uh, NLP certificate or whatever because it's uh, more legit you know whatever it is right I see you I have so much compassion for you and most of my clients actually come to me at that point where they feel like they, they're having a mental breakdown because they feel like I've done everything by the book everything I've already gone and do it but I can't seem to piece them together and mm -hmm. I literally say that's because you're still attached to the over-functioning mind you're, yeah. You've never really gone into a space where you're actually completely released from that survivorship that you have been living in all the time, that fight, flight, freeze response that we talk about, right? 
So what I do with my clients in alchemy is firstly, we really want them to drop into the body. So we train the mind to come into the body instead of trying to function on this level. When the mind is getting busy here, that's where we do the work in the ceremony, where we open the gateway to meet your dark goddess, I call it. Everyone has a different dark goddess, um, depending on your culture and your tradition, which I honor. Because tea truly honors all religions. It's not about you know what religion it is. It's really so open. Honestly, tea is the most accepting plant medicine. And we mentioned ayahuasca. I'm just gonna put it uh, side by side. Ayahuasca is it's a plant that you need to enter that kingdom, right? So you have to cleanse yourself. You have to be in a specific state before you can go in. But tea herself is an adaptogenic, so she moves with you. She will know how much do you need to drink, where will you stop, and that's it. And that's all you need, and you will feel it in your body. So I, I, I love talking about this because I truly believe that we are like leaders, and to do the work we are here to do, we have to be embodied. We have yeah. to honor our body. You know, it's like what I said, you know, I rejected my body for so long. And I remember thinking like, oh, I... I uh, and I, I, I know this now because I, I was able to retrieve memories through the ceremony where I always think that I belong somewhere else, right? A lot of you will definitely relate to this. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was like, you know, I hate having this physical body. I don't want this <laughs> physical body, right? Yeah. But I just love it because I deeply understand that it is a gateway. It is a gateway for us here to do the work we're here to do. Mm-hmm. And understanding that you were from whatever planets that you came from and what you came here to do is fantastic it's an amazing major step in your awakening now my question is what are you going to do about it yeah yeah Yeah. and that's that's the thing is a lot of people you know when they and you know this is something that i see all the time (laughs) all the time where people they at this awakening stage where they they've started tapping into their monadic wisdom their soul wisdom they've started tapping into their soul family and they can feel the feelings all of the different feelings the alchemy of the body is starting to change because um that's what i work with as well as Mm -hmm. a sacred architect you know shifting timelines recalibrating the body and alchemizing the body as such and i feel that the way to start here is to go back to the body to go back to the body messenger and deeply listen to what the body messenger is saying and inquiring as to does do I want to feel like this do I want to continue feeling like this how can I move how can I shift this and that the thought process is so powerful and then it brings in that feeling right which brings in that alchemy that that frequency to start alchemizing the body now, when we talk about alchemy, we're talking about taking energy, which is simply, if it's dense energy, it simply needs to change form. It's changing from density into light. Yes. And so all of a sudden we have this, this real uncomfortable feeling that we have and we are witnessing it. We're seeing it through our body messenger, letting us know that there's something that needs to be understood. 
So if you're in that awakening stages where you're not sure what to do and then you want to understand what that next step is, listen to what your body is saying to you and then go from that space because that's where the magic happens. It happens in the now moment. It happens with the shifting of or the understanding of what is it that I have here. Mm-hmm. Our consciousness shifts when we know what the problem is or we feel what it is. Mm-hmm. And we have this divine intelligence within us. We don't fully understand it, but it's like once it shifts, it gives us a greater understanding and it helps us to access higher levels of consciousness and higher alchemy to bring in higher frequencies. Yes. And so all of a sudden, we You know, we feel like, oh my gosh, okay, now I'm ready for the next level because we've upgraded. Mm -hmm. So through each stage of your life, we we live in cycles and rhythms, right? We have to go through that. We have to go through the upgrades. We have to go through the alchemy of our body. Recalibration, integration is such an important part because once you, and so integration is embodiment. It's part of, it is the embodiment or the integration of energies that you have worked with, that you've shifted and the alchemy of the body. So when you, as you know, certainly when I work with alchemy, people expect things to happen overnight like that. Okay. If you can imagine things that you've held on to for many, many years, pain that you've brought from lifetimes, you know, cell memory and all of that stuff that you've held on for years. And now we expect within a split second to let go and release of all of that. We can through choosing, we can start recalibrating and shifting our energy. Our energy changes instantly, but our bodies needs a little bit more time to recalibrate. So often people will go to me with, oh, I don't feel you know, that great, they feel better, but they're not feeling great Mm -hmm. because they're not allowing this time for embodiment and integration and anchoring in the new energies. Because this is another thing, you know, as we shifting the energy, we anchor in in a different way. All of a sudden, we have to speak to Mama Gaia, connect with her again and say, you know, here we are at a different level, different frequency, come and meet me, you know, how do I go from here? Mm. Exactly. Oh my goodness. That is it. And you know, what you said there, um, integration is a part of the process that lots of people don't have the patience for. And I think it's important that especially a woman understands the journey and how it works, right? Because we all want that high level frequency, we want to upgrade, we want to up level, but with every up level, there needs to be here, like this disintegration, this thing we call the void that we need to walk through. And if we understood the darkness, if we knew, learn how to work in the darkness, because that space is actually the most fertile ground for our next level to shine, to be birthed. If we knew how to work there, that's where the alchemy happens. That's when you know that, oh, I don't need to freak out when I don't know who I am anymore or everything is falling apart in my life. Like that's not because I'm bad or that I'm not good. It's because this is the next space I need to welcome in. And the reason why so many people are stuck is because they don't 
want to move past that phase. They want to have everything be the same, right? So it's, it's important that we bring back again, what you said, the ancient ways, because the ancient ways taught us about these, these phases of like, even the moon shows us how it moves, right? That is where we learn as a woman, especially how to trust our gut instinct, how to listen to our bodies. Um, and one thing you mentioned, alchemy in the body, absolutely, because the body is the communicator. It's the bridge between the soul and who you really are here in this physical mm -hmm. body. So um, yeah, it's amazing. I, I just love it. It's so mm -hmm. vital and important right now because I, I don't want to be, you know, I, I just, it just pains my heart, but it's the truth that I keep seeing is that there are so many star seeds and, and beautiful lights that just completely just get extinguished because they think that they are not, not to be here, but you are here, you chose mm -hmm. to be here, and you need to anchor that in. Once you do, mm -hmm. you're working with immense, immense energy. And it does get easier, doesn't it? It gets yes. easier. So Master too. No, it's that death and rebirth experience that you have to go through. It's like this beautiful yes. butterfly that's unfolding. You know, you're in the cocoon, you're in your cocoon, you're in the darkness, you're dealing with all the stuff that's going on. And then all of a sudden you like, you're like, okay, I've had enough of this. <laughs> and you start pushing at the edges to come out of that cocoon, right? And then all of a sudden the light starts flooding in and you're like, oh, you take a breath and you feel, oh, okay, I've got energy now to push through this, but it's still yeah. that birthing canal that you're going through. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I always, Spirit showed me this, shared this one analogy with me. It's like if you're in a house and you have all of the curtains closed, right? You cannot see what's going on out there in the big wide world. Mm -hmm. You can't see the beauty. You don't feel the sunshine on your face, nothing at all. So if you stay in that darkness mm -hmm. for the rest of your life, how are you going to know what is possible? Or even that room so, itself. Exactly. That. Yeah. And in the four, you know, in the box, basically. So yeah. it's about really pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, feeling the vulnerability, because when we feel the vulnerability, the shadows, like you call it the shadow goddess or something, you called it the dark, dark goddess, goddess. Yeah. You know, and um it's it's being that dark goddess in that moment, but not mm -hmm. staying there. And then they said, well, what happens is people go and they like, they peek through the curtain, just open a little bit and they go, oh, okay, that's scary out there. Yes. I don't want to go out there just yet. And then they look a little bit more and they see these kids playing and other people having fun and, you know, and there's this invitation to live life, to start living life in a different way altogether. Yeah. And it's this invitation when you break through that, then you explore what is possible for you. What's your more? And that's what I love sharing with my people, you know, with my clients when they come to me and I'm like, right, let's dive into what's your more. That's my genius, right? That's my mojo. And, and so allowing themselves to have it, right? Yes. And that's the thing, celebrating them with celebrating yourself where you at is the most important thing as well. Because when you celebrate each moment of transformation, each moment of alchemy, if you 
and and this sounds weird celebrating your death and rebirth <laughs> not weird at all exactly it's what i say so important because yeah. it is honoring the the old you know ways or the old you as such mm -hmm. and going thank you for letting me for being with me bringing me to this very moment of expansion into my more expansion into my next level greatness exactly. and then it's when you can step onto your path of passion purpose and then you come to another crossroads and then you go okay here I go again you know mm -hmm. open that curtain a little bit more now until you feel the sun flooding your face and you can see clearly what the path is you know that you need to walk on yeah and because I believe that by that guidance too that inner mm -hmm. guidance right to yeah here here mm. here that's the thing being in the heart space and that mm -hmm. gut feeling mm -hmm. and i believe this is where we as light leaders as as change makers and visionaries where we have to understand that we are always we are teachers but we are always students as well we are always mm -hmm. learning and expanding there is not one person that can tell me that they've done all the work not even me we are always learning expanding and moving into a space of deeper surrendering of deeper knowing as well and deeper connection with ourselves and those beautiful people and and everything that is around us as such definitely we call it the um the beginner's mind in tea ceremony, you know, coming to this space. And there's this beautiful saying I love opening my ceremonies with, and it's um, Ichigo Ichie in Japanese. In English, it means one chance, one encounter. And it's a beautiful reminder that every time you come to the ceremony, even when you think, oh, I'm serving the same tea, I have the same teapot and the same bowls, it will taste different. And it does taste different. It's crazy, but it is. It obviously it is almost something that's naturally so because the tea leaves age just as we age. The tea leaves continue to adapt to the environment that they are in, and we continue to do that too. And we are always opening our minds up more. And and so it's almost like a like a, a like a it's like a teaching a nonverbal transmission every time. You know, the beginner's mind is so important because if your mind is already full. And you think you know it all, then there's no openness to what is even beyond what the mind thinks is possible. And so mm. that's that's so important for all of us, especially like you said, the light leaders, the visionaries, the change makers, because we're not here to do things in the conventional way. I think you all probably already know that. And so we have to be so, I don't want to say mindful, but also just really like you know really check in and be curious for me every day you know like how am i living in a way that feels authentic and how am i living in a way that almost feels like mm, i'm doing that because i was conditioned to think that a leader should be right a leader should be loud a leader should be whatever right but that's not me so how can i be authentic and still lead? so these are questions um that we should get curious about you know, I think the authentic, the journey to our authentic self is never ending. It yeah. continues to, to change as we change, um, which is, I think, what makes us authentic because then we can finally say, okay, this is how I feel today, right now, but 
but tomorrow I might not feel that's that's me anymore and I have the courage or I don't like the word courage actually I just think courage comes with that heart space anyway when you have that mm-hmm. heart energy but like that that knowing that okay I can change and still everything is going to be for me not against me right so yeah so how can we be authentic leaders if you had to give some advice around how can we be authentic leaders actually what does authenticity mean you know because this word is one that gets thrown around a lot these days Mm -hmm. being authentic what does that mean to you and how can we be more within our authenticity as leaders here and you know I actually don't like the word leader anymore. <laughs> I'm changing it. Yeah. I'm changing it to way shower because mm-hmm. I feel that we are way showers, right? Mm-hmm. We are showing the way and people can choose whether they want to go that way or not. Yes. So yeah, talk to me about authenticity. Mm. Oh, I think as a leader or a way shower, we have to be first and foremost exactly what you said to have that beginner's mind, to have that, that, that I don't know mind to say, I'm not going to choose that on your behalf. I'm just showing you the way and you have to choose for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think in the 3D aspect that completely allowed me to stand in my power and not have to chase anymore, be it relationships, be it yeah. clients, because I know deeply that what I do here I will attract the people that are my tribe, that are my sangha. They they know what this is. And oftentimes it's the truth because they come to me and they're like, I saw you do that tea ceremony. I just knew that you would be my mentor. And and that's it. I don't have to go out and shout about like, I am the best because this. I don't have a certificate to show you. I'm sorry. If you want to know with a certificate, then you can go somewhere else, right? That is (laughs) who I am. And yeah. so as a leader, we have to, and speaking of authenticity, that is it. It's that sense that, am I doing this to be approved? Or am mm-hmm. I doing this to be pleasing someone? Like, I don't know, maybe even your parents, for example. Like, because I get this a lot. I don't know if you do. I still get it where they ask me, so what do you do? <laughs> um, you know, it's like all those things. Are, so did you mm-hmm. go a certificate or something like it's better if you have a certificate on the wall like I still get that but yeah. now they know better than me to do that you know so we have to be that authentic self we have to be in integrity I think one thing that really came up for me a lot and I don't know if you have experienced that before is that you know as I journey on this path at the beginning I I was very much someone who was like you know everyone and anyone I want to help and I want to be of service to them but what ended up when what ended up happening is that i over exhausted myself and um i get really disappointed with myself because somehow i couldn't help certain people and i realized that actually everyone has their own stage of transformation and even if they wanted your help it doesn't mean that they were ready for you and so i've learned not to force and to really just offer, to invite. And it's really your choice ultimately, you know, what do you want to do now? Uh, you know, that's it. Where do you want to go? And um, to be authentic is to be in integrity. Yeah. I wouldn't say things that I have never experienced before. Um, 
and it's so important because you see this a lot in the online space and yeah yeah i feel that that's that's the thing you know people look at the online space because you know thank thank goodness we have the internet where we are able to access all of this incredible information yes. however it's also about using your discernment and we do have people out there that are looking at other people at, at leaders at way showers or whatever they call themselves and they go compare themselves to that and they're like i want to be like that because that is success that what that is what success means but each of us have our own golden thread of success our own unique beautiful soul signature that no one else has so i always talk about this do not speak like other people do not copy people's work do not project yourself or be like someone you know there's a lot of people that use the same words or the same language and it just it kind of your work just it just doesn't go anywhere it doesn't have a resonance yeah that's yes. the thing there's no resonance and so people are like well why am i not getting any clients mm. why am i not receiving people to come and work with me it's because you are dimming your light you're dimming your light you want to be like other people and then there's a lot of false spirituality out there there's a lot yes. of ego spirituality out there which mm -hmm. i don't resonate with at all because for me as a seraphim incarnate i am the i am the truth of god mm -hmm. you know i am here to share the truth of god from source whatever you want to call it our creator you know and so I have this very, very deep, um, I call it a bullshit meter. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> where, um, where I just know, I just know mm -hmm. if someone is not being authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think yes. it is for us as leaders and way showers, or whatever change makers to speak up about those things. Yes. Being authentic is about speaking your truth, walking your walk, talking your talk, being uniquely yourself and sharing your unique soul signature in a way that no one else can they might be doing the same a similar type of thing but it's never the same yes never, never. the same yeah so always use your discernment when it comes to choosing who you're working with who Ooh. you're aligning with who do you want in your space because ultimately we're sharing frequency with each other all the time and so we have this projection of who we are to each other. And then you'll feel, you'll feel like, mm, am I feeling comfortable in this space? Or is there something that's making me feel not comfortable? Exactly. And often what happens is because of belief systems and stories and, and pressure, people do actually make a choice that is against their higher soul self. They listen to the ego instead of listen to mm -hmm. the heart voice that's right and, but that's okay that's your journey it just mm -hmm. means that you'll be steered to another fork in the road where you then have to choose again mm. oh that is exactly it right because i used to trip myself up so much when i realized <laughs> that oh no i've been following my spiritual ego down the road but there's there's always a fork in the road it's almost like what i say yeah. um nowadays to my students and clients like 
the Dao, which is really the, the Chinese form speaking of the unnamed and the great divine and Dharma, it's in everything that we have in this world. Um, yeah. Dao is a compassionate teacher. You know, she comes back to you over and over again until you get the lesson. <laughs> so it's never an end. It's never like a, you know, like a, oh, this is against me. This is like, oh no, things are not going to work out anymore. You know, it's never like that. Never. It's no. never, ever, ever like that. You know, so it's never interested in telling you whether you're right or wrong. It's only ever interested in unveiling your own limitless creative potential. That's what it is going to do for you always. Mm -hmm. And that gives me so much joy to just be a human. Cause mm -hmm. me being, being human. You know, I always say that, you know, so it's, um, discernment is important. Um, I know we are running over time, but I just want to say, just know that discernment is absolutely vital and don't ever mistake that as judgment, right? We think in this spiritual world, especially, we get judged thinking that we were judging, but actually we were just discerning, saying that, no, this vibrationally feels off, you know, and I'm just not going to follow that, right? Social media, whatever it is, because there are so many out there that are false lights and we, we have to be very, very discerning, very, very yeah. Yeah, and um, I want to share something that came through. This was oh, probably about six months ago. Spirit talked about, and this was a very important message at the time, that the, I don't want to call it the darkness, the other side. Let's call it the other side that doesn't have humanity's best interests at heart. They are using beings of light or spiritual people or those leaders or way showers against their own people but these people are not aware of it so they think that they are doing good they're doing the best thing but they're actually not and one example that they were giving me was through um light language where light language is being infiltrated channeling is being infiltrated and so there's this real, my loves, if you're listening to this, if something feels off, it most likely is off. Okay. We all have a built-in bullshit meter yes. and <laughs> follow okay. that, listen to that. And um, if you see something like that happening, send that person, hold them in a sacred space of compassion and love and ask their higher self to work with them to help them come back into truth, into their own divine intelligence. Um, and that's all we can do, right? We can, and also speak your truth, obviously. If, if you have the platform to be able to do that, please do that. Um, but I feel that judgment is a huge thing within the spiritual community and within the conscious community as such, mm -hmm. and that we all have the ability to help people move into a space of deeper understanding and connection of themselves and bringing them back to their truth if we just open our hearts with love and mm -hmm. with kindness and compassion and actually say hey this is not what resonates with me and one of those people that the truth just comes out right it just comes out in in big bags of truth and a lot of times people are like what just happened and then 
I might lose relationships or I might, you know, they might come back full circle. But do not apologize for who you are. Mm -hmm. Do not apologize for that deep truth that is that thread of truth that's running through you and your soul speaking through you. Because not a lot of people feel like they have the the know-how or the courage or um, the bravery necessarily to step up and do what they came here to do. So when we can guide the way and show people the way, we are the lighthouses, yeah? Mm -hmm. We have to be the lighthouses. And it's a beautiful thing to be a lighthouse, but it is also freaking hard right? We go through our own human experiences. We have been through so much. I wrote this in my ISIS book and my ISIS chapter that we have these women, medicine women and men that have returned to this earth, that have walked through dark trenches, that have done the hard things and that have come back to really be here and guide people. Yeah. And so do not be afraid of your lights, my darlings. Do not be afraid of your shadows either. Mm, That's that so, so important. And, you know, just rounding that back into embodiment, you know, we all know this is important. And the, the way to embodying that is to really get into the body and really enliven those parts of you that are asleep. And those parts will show up. Ask your body, you know, where in my body do I need to feel in order to become more of this light leader or whatever you want to call it way shower or to be more authentic just like that to speak my truth and you will feel it you will feel that because your body is incredible and that communication will be the doorway for you to begin to do the work of um really breathing that space into life and that is the work that i do that's the core aspect of the, the, the what I call energy circuit building with my my clients and of course after that when they are really anchored in man all the cosmic stuff that we can do mm. bring it on but for now if you feel that you know you're constantly being held back and in this imposter syndrome and scattered energy then it's time that you come back to your body let's do that yeah. first and foremost and yeah then everything else will be unlocked Trust yeah me. embodiment practices hey there's yeah. so many embodiment practices dance there's mm -hmm. yoga there's breath work um walking in nature you know all sorts yes. of different things yeah and then rituals like the tea ceremonies or fire ceremonies or even mm -hmm. dance ceremonies cacao mm -hmm. whatever it is that's bringing you closer into connection with your true self and your your loving self because ultimately while we're here we are here as souls to experience life in human form, but also to return back to a space of love, loving ourselves and doing what we love in every way and form. So my loves, with that, let's, um, <laughs> I feel like we can talk forever. forever. <laughs> thank you so much, Li Ying, for your beautiful conversations, your wisdom, and thank you for being here with me live today. I look forward to connecting with you again very, very soon. But until next time we speak, <laughs> if you have any questions, actually, before you go, if you have any questions for Li Ying, where can people find you? 
Ooh, um, comments right there. I think I'm in your group right now, or just mm -hmm. reach out to me on DM. I'd love to chat with you. Um, I also have a group called the Siren Goddess Collective. If you'd like to check me out, my work is there. All my live transmissions are in there as well. I love to just connect with you. So, you know, we have many, many ways to do this. So I look forward Beautiful. to it. Beautiful. Until we speak again next time, from my heart to yours, I love you. Yeah. See you soon. Oh, thank you. <laughs>